We only got one life, so it's time to live it for. I don't hesitate, I embrace every day. Cause we only got one life, so it's time to live it for. It's not about trying to achieve more or gain, but rather how to lose and let go. Let me explain. Once you let go of all things that aren't significant, you'll be left with everything that is truly important. I'm living everyday life with a purpose. Living everyday life with a purpose. This is another episode of the podcast. Live it for. Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Live It Full podcast. I'm Richard. I've got Caitlin in the studio. We also have Mia. You may hear her snorting and she is not sleeping, but we try to multitask. And so we have a young child with us today in the studio. But we're going to talk about uh, another. We did it last week as well, um, but we think it's important enough to have another conversation a little bit about finances because we had a few people message us after uh, last week's podcast saying just with a few more questions and kind of like, how do y'all do this? And so we wanted to talk a little bit about um, really about savings and how to set up your finances a little more detail than what we did in like just the 21 rules of money. Although it's a great resource, it's it's one of those things that there could be some things in there that people had questions on, which we got a few. So kind of want to go through that real quick um, and just kind of have an idea. I'll let Caitlin lead off with that and I'll answer any questions she has. Yeah, we we have our um, savings and our, our money set up in a way right now currently that I never, ever would have thought um, that we would have done in the beginning of our marriage. I mean, we didn't have any money in the beginning of our marriage. Yeah, I will say so. But, so I just want people to understand this, that um, we financed a vacuum one time. And I'm not talking about a Kirby. I'm talking about like a Dyson. And, um, and a Keurig. Yes, we did finance like six easy payments from the Home Shopping Network um, of $20 or something for a Keurig. Well, because and, a coffee pot would cost, I don't know, 20 bucks. And so the Keurig was a, the Keurig was a big expense thing for us. Um, we financed, um, silverware, silverware, which we still have. It was a nice set of silverware, but it was more money than we felt comfortable spending. Um, also easy payments from the home shopping network. Now, granted this was pre Amazon being a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we started out with very little and as we acquired a little bit more, um, we probably were pretty irresponsible with it, if I'm just being honest, for a little while. Yeah, when you first come into having cash flow that you've never had before, mm-hmm. you say, oh, this is nice. So, yeah. So reading books and, and studying, thank goodness I'm married to somebody that continues to grow in those areas. Um, we picked up things along the way, and it's changed our lives, really. So um, this is just sort of part of it. Yeah. Cause we had, a, we, I will say we had a watershed moment where it was like, Hey, um, if we don't figure some of this out, we're spending more than we make. Even though our income keeps increasing, we mm-hmm. keep spending more than we're making. And you couldn't have told me that we were spending irresponsibly. Like I did not feel like we were spending more than we made. No, but it's, it's that deal where you, you meet a lot of doctors that say make half a million dollars a year and they're mm-hmm. broke because they have a half million dollar house and two or three nice vehicles and private school tuition. And they're not out there. They're not living lavishly, but they're taking a vacation a year and they're spending 550,000. Yep. So I know that, um, sort of the Dame, Dame Ramsey or the sort of debt-free living, um, in total is a kind of popular way to be. And I know a lot of people, that either live debt-free or are debt-free by the time they're retired. And this is great. We're not having to pay these monthly payments. Um, We currently do not live debt-free. 
um, not counting our our business um, yeah. debt, but personally, we have a mortgage and um, some car payments and things, and so and we owe a lot of money on investment real estate. So that's I mean that's business. That's business. But it yeah. doesn't. Dave Ramsey would tell you to sell the rent house and pay something off, right? And drive a beater car, which I just don't agree with in our situation, right? Because hopefully. <laughs> The business debt that we have will make is us income producing money, yeah, throughout the lot. Anyway, um, so a shocking headline that I wrote and uh, read, and you can just do a quick Google search on this, is that forty percent of American families would have to borrow money for an unexpected issue costing one thousand dollars or more. Um, and Richard and I were those people. We, at one point in our life, we would have had to borrow money. Um, Probably a family member would have yeah. been able to do that for us, but we would not have had money if we had to spend suddenly a thousand dollars or more, and that's not really comfortable to me. Um, so, oh, it gives you anxiety. Right, I mean, it gives me anxiety. I mean, it gives people it gives a people. general feeling of anxiety because you're always living on the edge. Right, right, and yeah, it's uncomfortable, and I think it causes a lot of undue stress. Yeah, I mean, I think that that number, that forty percent, is is the same as um, if income stopped. Like forty percent, or maybe bigger than that, are two or three months from bankruptcy. Oh yeah, totally. I could totally see that. Um, so, just kind of a quick. Um, I'm going to let Richard answer this. Just kind of he he kind of keeps all of our bank stuff together. And there was a time early in our relationship that I thought, like, I really want to be involved, and I still wouldn't mind being involved. But um, we have several accounts, which I'll let him talk about. Um, and all of the accounts are different with passwords and some are direct deposited. And so it, it's a lot for one person to keep up with, but it's a lot for one person to have to tell the other person, like, hey, I'm doing this every time. Because Lord knows banks make you change passwords nonstop. Right, right. So anyway, that um, sort of question to pose is if somebody was asking sort of where to start, um, not changing jobs, but currently what yeah. they're in, how do they start, how can they start this we touched process? We touched this briefly last week with the 21 rules of money. And so I want to go a little more into that because um, one of my mentors, I'll give him a shout out, Joe Walker. Um, yes, we who's, Joe. who's a good friend and mentor of mine. He had his phrase that he always told me was rich. It's not what you make. It's what you, it's what you keep. That's right. At the end of the day, he goes, it doesn't matter if you make $50,000 a year, if you spend 50, it doesn't matter if you make 500,000. If you spend 500,000, you've got to figure out how to save to, to spend less than you make and keep some. And so my advice, and this is where sometimes people, you get this, I call it ostrich syndrome. Like you don't even look at the bills when they come in. You don't look at the credit card statements. You don't want to know what's on them. You yeah. just bury your head and pay the minimum payment. Right. So it's that ostrich. I'm just going to stick my head in the sand and hope it goes away. Mm-hmm. Guess what? It doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. <laughs> and so the first thing you have to do is be real with yourself. And I will say that is one thing that anybody who listens to like Susie, and I, I hope we don't get sued over talking about y'all, but you know, Susie Orman or Dave Ramsey, one thing that they do well is they help people understand what they have to do first. Mm-hmm. I disagree with blanket financial advice going out to everybody because I think everybody's situation is strikingly different. Right. Um, but with that being said, you have to know where you're starting. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't become a, a millionaire without knowing your net worth today. And so the first thing you have to do, I don't care what your income is, is you've got to sit down and do a balance sheet, mm-hmm. a financial statement, net worth. You've got to know 
what are my and so if you're just straight and those are two different things because we're one of them's looking at what your your equity to debt may be um and the other is going to look at your cash flow but and if you don't know what cash flow means that's probably a term you need to learn um but what i would tell you to do is you have to sit down and write down all of your liabilities and so all of your loans any debt you have any monthly payments write them down total it up if there are things that fluctuate average it out um do that and then figure out how much you have money coming in. And again, if that's variable based on overtime or bonuses or commissions, average it out the best you can Mm -hmm. and then figure out, do you have a surplus Mm -hmm. or do you have a deficit? And so the easy answer is if you're spending more than you make, spend less. Now I'm going to have people go, well, I can't spend less. There's a no, it's not possible to spend less. We have to do what we have to have all these things that we have. Right. We used to say live like no one else so that later you can live like no one else, which is a Dave Ramsey quote. So I I sit here bashing him, but it's a good, that is a valid quote. I just disagree with his stance on it's just not for everybody. It's just not for everybody. Um, but a good place to start would be to live like no one else now so that you can live like no one else later. Um, and of course those mean two different things, but the living like no one else now might be, you're not a girl that's going to be getting her weekly mani pedi and her Starbucks every day. And we live in Sweetwater, so that's not really an option anyway, but, um, well, and so I remember having a conversation about that with someone who I had, um, helped financially. And I had to say, like, you're telling me you can't afford new tires and, Certain you have to get a vehicle fixed and you can't afford it, but like you got some pretty blingy nails every week, mm-hmm. and 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 they didn't like it. They literally pushed back on me, and I was like, "You're the one asking for money and advice, right? You can push back all you want, or you can say broke." Mm-hmm. And they didn't like it. And I don't think they ever made any changes, but that's a, that's another story. But yeah, I mean, I think that's we're all going to spend things. We all have passions. We all have hobbies that we want to do. So don't get me wrong. I am. There are things that I wear a lot of plain Mm t-shirts. I'm not, I like clothes, but like I'm down with wearing a $15 plain t-shirt all the Mm -hmm. time. I like watches. That's one of my vices. I don't have a bass boat. You know, some of my friends spend a lot of money on other things, Mm -hmm. hobbies, golf, you know, fishing. Um, This is my golf cart and, you know, bass boat kind of deal, but it's, what's important to me. And so it's one of the things that I'll splurge on. I will splurge on shoes. Um, it goes back to, I think childhood trauma. We joke about it. Um, of getting one pair of shoes a year, maybe two with some Sunday shoes, you know, and you, you wore them out. Yeah. And so I will buy, I spend money on watches and shoes and that's honestly my biggest two splurges. And I mean, Caitlin has hers. But we also were in a different spot where I couldn't have done that I was 10 years say, ago. Yeah, we didn't do that, though. Like, I'm not I'm not saying that you shouldn't get your nails done, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't have eyelash extensions or that you shouldn't use that wrinkle cream. Like, we all maybe want to do those things. Um, we just, I, I chose not to in the beginning, especially. You have to have a real talk with yourself, though, is where That's I'm going right. with that. That's because right. if, you, if you're spending exactly what you make or even more and you're not able to save anything you really have to evaluate where you're spending it mm-hmm. um, we have these conversations all the time with people about well you can't afford say life insurance but you're you have hbo or you have 
you spend $300 a month on cable or $400 a month on a cell phone with all of these things, but you can't afford something that's essential. And so some of it's about priorities and, and people don't always want to hear that. And it may, it may cut you when you start looking at it. Yeah. Um, but that's one thing that I would tell you is you've got to look at that and you've got to know where you are. That's like that calorie counting app where you put in every single thing that you eat. Um, it starts to cut at you a little bit cause you're like, crap, I don't want to put this in there. But I guess then maybe I just shouldn't eat it. You well, know? no. So my deal with that is, God, you go you go work out, you get on the treadmill, or, or I've been rowing the past couple of weeks, and it's like you you do a 7,500, 10,000-meter row in 30 or 45 minutes, and you burn 400 calories. You go inside, and you start looking at that granola bar or even something that's somewhat healthy, and it's like 400 calories, and you're like... This is what I just burned so hard. Just burn that. And I know metabolically you burn a lot of calories a day, but still it makes you think about it. It's the same thing when you know the numbers. Do you know if you can afford something? Right. Okay. um, So when, how much should you have in savings? We went over this on the 21 um, items and the general rule of thumb is six months of living expenses um, but that's going to be a customized deal because it could be more or less um, if you're higher income and you have to think there's fixed expenses in life. Mm-hmm. And so let's say you're higher income and you make $10,000 a month and you spend a lot of that. Um, you know, $60,000 is a lot of money. But if you had an AC go out, that's $8,000. You'd have plenty. Mm-hmm. The, the deal is six months of income if you only make... Fifty thousand dollars, or your your expenses are fifty thousand over that time. Versus, or I mean, you make fifty thousand a year, so you're looking at like a twenty five thousand dollar. Your fixed expenses on something like that may be the same, mm-hmm. and so like an AC going out or deductible. So sometimes you really have to look at. You may could get away with less, and you may could get away with. You may actually need more than six months, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't do any other investing until you have that. Yeah, so I think the the first step is definitely you have to know where you are. You have to you have to establish where what are my liabilities and what are my um, what's my revenue coming in, whether it's a job or business or whatever it is. But I think the second thing you have to do after that is make things as easy as possible. It goes back to the atomic habits we've talked about. Can you make better decisions based on things that are automatic? So people invest in their four hundred one ks pretty frequently at jobs because. It's automatic. Right. It's the Ron Popeil infomercial at two in the morning. You set it and forget it. <laughs> yeah. And so it's that kind of deal. It's that concept of I don't think about it. So I invest. Right. right. And so you have to do this for me anyways. Maybe this isn't blanket advice, but if you're having trouble saving money, mm-hmm. the first thing that you can do bar none is set up a savings account at a bank other than where you bank, mm-hmm. make it difficult to get to that money and do it automatically. If it's a sweep from your existing account where it, it just ACHs it, or if it's if you can do direct deposit to two different accounts from your from your job or from your business, make it automatic and start living without it. And right 10% now, of your income immediately. And that doesn't even get to what we're talking about living on 70, 30, 10, but start with 10%. Okay. I was going to say, we started with a percentage, just a, a 10% sweep um, that goes into a savings account. But and we call it our profit account. But um, I was going to say maybe a blanket number, just like not ten percent, maybe a hundred dollars, or like if you have to start small, just so you can start. Yeah, I mean, so you can change some things. Something's better than nothing, and yeah. so figure out where you are, 
start putting up 10%. 20 is better, but that's going to hurt at first because you're going to go, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. 10% is manageable. Um, and so do that, but it has to be automatic. You can't go in and do it because guess what happens? There's more bills at the end of the month than money. You will figure it out if you pay yourself first. And that's what profit first means is you pay yourself first. And as business owners, so I'm talking to y'all, the entrepreneurs, the people who may have a couple employees are getting started. Um, you will always try to pay yourself last. You will make sure your employees are paid first out of a noble thing because that's the right thing to do. Guess what? If you can't pay your personal bills, you can't serve those employees well. And so you have to take care of yourself first. It's not selfish. It's the, re- it's the opposite of selfish because it's the responsible thing to do when other people depend on you for their livelihood, for you to have your financial house in order. So, I mean, I think that those are a big deal. Um, I'll recap those three. Do a balance sheet. Do a um, financial statement. Know how much cash you have going in, how much you have going out, what your monthly liabilities are. Can you pay something off? Can you consolidate it? Can you figure out how to spend less than you're making? Secondly, make it automatic for savings yeah. because you're paying yourself first. So, I mean, those two kind of two, two and two A um, are the big things to get you started with figuring out a budget. And that sounds really simple, but that's what I would argue to say changed our life. Oh, 100%. I mean, it changed our financial life. And, and I wouldn't even say some of the most simple things in life are the hardest to do. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to, I mean, it's not like, it's not hard to understand concepts, I mean, I could tell you, you want to know how to run a marathon, you train for it every day and you become consistent and you run. It's simple how you do it. It's hard physically to do it. Um, and so anything that you can do to generate something to be automatic is what's going to get you there. And so, and on the flip side of that, I really do like having automatic payments on a credit card, like our electric, our gas, or just everything, our monthly expenses that I can, because we pay it off every month. We use it responsibly. We get airline miles. But do you know what's bad about that is you don't always know what you're spending Right. if you're only checking it once a month. So it's the flip side of that because it's automatic. Sometimes it's better to have to sit down every two weeks and write out checks or go online and pay them because then you know what you're spending. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you save, you kind of want it to be automatic. You almost want to not know what's in there because you don't want to touch it. Right. Now that's us. That's me because I'm a spender. Um, and she's the saver. So maybe we should have had the saver at the beginning of our marriage start um, doing our finances, but that's not how it worked out. Um, but I think that if you focus on those things first, you'll come out ahead. Yeah. And if you have any questions on that, feel free to email us um, at info at liveafull.com. Uh, send us a DM on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, anywhere you want to. We'll, we'll get it. Um, and while you're at it, leave us a five-star review, subscribe, uh, hit the like button, share us with your friends because that's how we're growing. And we want to continue to help people share the message of Live It Full. Absolutely. Y'all have a good one now. You just listened to this entire episode. That means you gained some type of value. So make sure you leave a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode of Live It Full. Living everyday life with a purpose. Living everyday life with a purpose. Make sure you embrace every single day. And we'll see you next time on the Live It Full Podcast.